This is my show, Love from London's Life Coach, coming to you directly from London. This podcast comes with a warning, as it is unapologetically controversial. This show hopes to break the silence with the purpose of awareness and discrimination of cultural restraints across the world. Enjoy. It's my honour to welcome my first guests, um, Matt and Monique Fides. Thank you so much for coming. Excited. Um, as I said to you, my podcast is slightly different. I have explained this. Um, I want to just talk about you both first so people know what I see of you. And this is what I see of you. Um, Matt, obviously, is an amazing um, businessman. He, that's an old word, isn't it, businessman? But I'm going to use it regardless. <laughs> you, I understand that you have, um, between you, you have a blended family, I'm going to call it, and you've got three children yourselves, and you've uh, three children yourselves and three girls from your previous relationship. Is that correct? Reversal marriage, yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah, okay, fantastic. So, um, <laughs> sorry? Six in total. Six in total. It's a good number. It's an well, even. We're working on the next one. Are you really? We're practicing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I know that you were um, Michael Jackson's um, previous bodyguard, but regardless of that, you are the owner of the largest martial arts finance um, franchise in the world, which is pretty amazing to have that title. So congratulations for that. How do you feel Thank about you. being the world's largest franchise for martial arts? Wow, well, I'm very proud of it. It's like my little baby, you know, So, but I've had it for so long now that it just becomes kind of normal, I guess. But you, you have, to work, have to work so hard to get there. Yeah. That's, that's the, the hardest thing. But yeah, it's great. I, I love what I do. It's, it changes people's lives. And um, it's growing and growing and growing. And through lockdown, we've actually grown through lockdown, which has been incredible. My franchise has been really amazing, keeping their mindset right. And they've come out the other end ready to open up that's uh, this month. So that'll be great, back face to face again. And the gyms will be opening soon anyway. I remember you always saying on Clubhouse that they'll be opening soon. You're looking forward to that. Yeah, 12th of April. Yeah, because I'm getting, I need to get my muscles back and <laughs> need my haircut as well. Sorry about my haircut, but my wife does as best she can. Try but it's, no hair. It's a lockdown haircut. I've had some magic up too, haven't I? Yeah, but the first one, we, we filmed it on uh, well, Facebook. I look like a parrot. We were like, literally, <laughs> go for it, go for it, go for it, shape it all off. And I did. And he, he actually looked nice like that. So. Oh, there you go. She's saying something pleasant again about you. Well, um, Monique, I read a little bit about you. And I listened to your music, and you've got an amazing, unique voice. And I'm not just saying that. Um, you've got a little one just got up. <laughs> we have a guest. Hello, darling. <laughs> Such a cutie. Um, can you go and wait in the living room when we're almost done, okay? Well, it won't be long, all right? Darling? Well, the last one I did, he came in naked, so that's <laughs> <laughs> that was a good thing. Thank you. Oh, all right. Oh, lovely. <laughs> He wants to be in on the action. Those of you listening, um, it was one of the children that just came in, gorgeous little boy. Um, as I was saying about your amazing voice, and the, I read also that you reached number one with your song and album, which was, was it um, Coloured? Coloured, yeah, yeah. Colourful. So uh, 
reached um, several times number one and two on the uh, iTunes charts in South Africa. So yeah, it's done really good. But um, I've not had actually chance to actually go out and promote it because of COVID and everything like yeah. that. So I just like I've, I've been working on this album for a few years. So and Alicia said I can't wait any longer. I just want to put it out there. So yeah, I just wanted people to listen to it. So um, I just released it. So I've not really worked on on promoting or actually physically going out and can't tour or nothing like that. Yeah. But yeah. But it still reached number one regardless of you not being there. So that shows how amazing it is. <laughs> and you were born, you were also born in South Africa, is that right? Yes, I um, I was born in South Africa in a town called Trihard. I don't even know how to pronounce that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> on a uh, small village and yeah, just, uh, moved over in 2012 uh, when we got married. I uh, moved over to the UK. Amazing. And one of the things I love about you both is when I've heard Matt talk about you, because I spoke to Matt a few times before you, Matt's always spoken about you with such respect on Clubhouse and with such love. And one of the things I loved so much about the both of you is that you've got this very unique trust within one another. Um, Matt said quite openly that, you know, I get text messages from all sorts of people, but Monique's very much so. It's okay. Um, and that shows your confidence within one another, but it is a real rarity. And, and I just absolutely had to say how great that is. And I, I, I admire that so much. Um, another thing you said, Monique, was that when you met Matt, you kept him waiting so much. So, you know, that you gained a friendship foremost. Why was that so important yeah. to you? Um, I guess for me, it, I wanted somebody that respects me for who I am as a person. I just felt like I never want to be placed in a situation that um, I'm not going to feel comfortable or anything like that. So I want the person to respect me fully. And if I, I, I always told myself, if I find that person in the right time, in the right place, that does respect me and uh, respect me for me who I am, that yeah. I will know that's the person for me. And it just felt naturally when we got together, when when we got to know each other. I mean, first day when we met, um, we were sat and talking and things. And it just felt it's weird. It just felt natural that we've known each other for ages and we didn't. Yeah. And it just, yeah, everything else just fell into place. But yeah, um, I feel like the, the way he respects me as a person, I, I just uh, feel that it's incredible. Yeah. And you, and you regard yourself as best friends. Yes. He's my bestie. <laughs> that just makes it so much nicer because you've got each other to always bounce back on and build one another and I can imagine that you're really supportive of one another um, and enjoy just spending time together so I love that and it's something that I hope the listeners will take away that you know if they can find that within somebody then they're then they're on a winning streak aren't they definitely no definitely communication I think is where we're yeah. uh, two worlds literally placed together which kind of like seems impossible in reality it seems impossible but we made it work and I think communication is a massive factor of making it definitely work. yeah definitely well, I like doing shows with her because I don't have to speak much have you noticed <laughs> <laughs> well, she talks let's, a lot let's go on to something maybe I want to hear from both of you obviously so considering you've got um your own little daughter your little two-year-old your gorgeous little girl I called her a mini because I thought she was a mini you Monique um and you've Maybe. got your and you've got your other daughters as well um how did you how do you feel around your daughters how 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 do you feel you know having daughters and you've got sons as well wow well the, the um, girls you're very more protective of than you are the boys definitely 
because the women, well, the girls, well, the teenagers now, the older ones, they're 17, 15, and 13. Yeah. So um, when they go out to the world, it's a bit more wild for them. And, uh, yeah, you're a bit more concerned about their future, especially what we've gone through, the pandemic, yeah. and how guys will treat them as well. Because obviously they're naturally stunning because I'm their dad, so... They are gorgeous girls, and... and but hopefully they'll they'll be able to um, you know understand how, how things are. I try my best, but when you're their dad, they tend not to listen to you too much, especially if you're in the public eye. They they don't. Well, they say they don't listen. It's hard. It's hard to tell. But I think for them, it's it's going to be easier than it will be for my two year old because she's going to be going into one one very very different world. Yeah. So uh, whatever I do in my career, I try and do it do it whatever I can so that. And we're not here no more that we've we've got stuff for them still so but, um like building generational wealth yeah. and trying to teach them lessons they might not listen to me now but they might do when they're 20 years old because at teenage it's very very difficult they come around here on monday but the way we've built it is very very it works really well so i, I got great with my ex-wife and uh, she was around here on, on the mother's day weekend actually in this very room yeah. with my daughters and her I'm a wife, and I have three children, which people might find a bit weird, but it's okay, it works out fine. We don't it know how we It wasn't like this. It wasn't like this when we got together because of what, like, I won't say it's where I'm from. I think it's just a, my family tradition, like family. We don't, you don't fight, and although I'm not saying none of my family fight, <laughs> I'm not talking or anything like that, but I'm saying it's the way my mum raised us. Yeah. And um, yes, I hate friction. I hate it when people fight. I hate negativity. I just feel that if you yeah. surround everything around you about positivity, then you attract positivity. And that's why I live for. And I just straight into when we got together within the first month, a few like months when I got to know the daughters and the, um, their mum, which at the time she didn't know who I was. And if I'm truly with Matt for the right reason, because I can see the whole picture, uh, getting to know her, she's a lovely lady. So I feel that maybe she just wanted to test me on like several ways, which I didn't bite. I didn't do anything. I was just chill. I think she probably thought I'm crazy because I'm just, I don't swear back at her or nothing like that if things were set and between Matt and her when they didn't get on. I just felt that I'm married to Matt for a reason and I feel that everything happens for a reason. So if I can change that circumstance, I can change that little bubble the way it was when I got with him yeah. and make it work for everybody, then I've done at least one good thing being with Matt that I've changed into his life. So for me as now, they are like best friends because he he acts completely different than what he used to act like when I got with him. Not that I'm saying he was a different, not nice guy, but he's kind of like latched onto my, he's, he's a chilled guy, but he latched well, onto- Yeah, your mindset. And, and I have to commend your mother because she sounds like an amazing person for, to teach you that um, it's about giving and kindness and that you can overcome so many things with that so all I can do is I love the fact that you're like this I love the fact you're an extended family and you're welcoming everybody in now just going on a, on a bit of a, a, a question I have for you in my culture my parents are Indian I, I'm born and bred in the United Kingdom but in my culture and you may have seen this Monique also in South Africa 
um, girls are killed either in the womb or at birth, or they are disposed of under trucks or anywhere that people want to dump them. If they are not killed, then they have a very traumatic life um, as my own has been. How does that make you feel knowing that you're raising girls and that you have daughters? Yeah, it's terrifying. So I've seen all that type of stuff go on in other countries I've been to where the women aren't treated with uh, equal rights at all, especially, I won't say the countries actually, but there's just some, some countries you go to like Northern African countries. And um, I couldn't take my rehearsal wife there because you know, guys are trying, she's, she's different. She looks the opposite to me. So she's got blonde hair, blue eyes, and they seem to have even le less respect for them for some reason. And they were trying to like, buy, honestly, they were trying to buy her off me and stuff and offer me camels for her and things like that. It was, I was warned about it before we got off like the cruise ship. I thought they were joking because we had security with us, but now it was a serious threat. They got no respect for women out there at all, nothing. And in South Africa, I've seen it from the other side too. There is, not with Monique's family, but with a lot of families out there, there is a massive, huge amount that the women aren't treated or have the life like the men do at yeah, all. The men kind of like rules over the women or they just need to follow what, what, what the guys said. Yeah, they, they, got, they got no... Um, like live in the old yeah. age, like how it used like to 500, be. Yeah. 500 years ago. My grandparents used to describe it like that. Like you're just bearing kids and you're just doing whatever you need to do with. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it was different. So she's she, so, so certain friends of hers, I know that like are in there. 30s who've not been married and the, the, the parents are controlling exactly what they do to, yeah. to mass that's kind of a South African culture thing anyway for the old Afrikaans part and um, so yeah it's like a culture that hasn't developed that was the hardest bit for me to get around is the cultural differences and the village village, village she didn't mention the religious side I've taught her when you look on tv and media you always taught by your PR companies, you never talk about religion, politics, or racism, but I think that's all changed now, so it's okay, especially for your podcast. But she, so she went, I got brought up very religious as a Roman Catholic. She got brought up very religious as a Christian, very, very, very strong type of Christianity. And um, that, that was the hardest bit to embrace, of course. That, that hence why there's no sex before marriage and yeah. you don't go home until you're married and so on. So that was the hardest bit to embrace. Is, is to get, understand um, how anything happens when they have this incredible suffering out there. I mean, they really do, even today's age. It's like poverty-stricken. They've got this incredible suffering that yeah. they don't know where the food's going to come from. They've got people, the fear of being shot all the time. She's had a gun to her head before now and been burgled with stuff of all the family stuff. Yet they still, everywhere you go, you yeah. see stickers on the car saying, you know, Jesus loves you. And they've got this big they got this big religion and you think to yourself how do they have this faith yet everything in their country seems to be going wrong it's like now it's the, the pandemic we're okay because we're in the uk as always we get the vaccine marching on number one country yeah. in the world uk and america yeah south africa they've just it's in a heck of a mess still and her family out there there's no way for a family to get here without a vaccine without a big plan which they haven't even got together yet hmm. then you just you just wonder what's what's going on so and why do they still keep this incredible faith that was a huge bit for me to battle with you can't put food on the table 
Well, if you can't give your kids a good education, can't buy clothes, can't go on holiday, you're not allowed to fly anywhere without a visa, and the visa is incredibly hard to get okay. from, from South Africa to anywhere, mm. then how are they so, got this such great, incredible faith in something, you know, and that was, the, that was the difficult part. So I think my daughters have got it very easy compared to a lot of the countries around the world who, are, who will be um, listening about it. It's a good thing about podcasts is that they're international. And, but it's all about your belief structure too. I think, I think young girls now, like teenagers, they can listen to things like this and they can understand they don't have to settle um, for, for the norm. I, I call it pattern interrupts, where for generations, generations, you're taught something and you're taught yeah. uh, by your parents, grandparents, great grandparents, this is how it should be. And there's somebody in the family who's going to stand up and say, no, it's not. Yeah. Listen to me. This is how it's going to be. And this is because there's new science or there's new technology. That can be a business, personal relationship. It can be religious beliefs, anything. So pattern interrupts happen. And then that person will stick out because they change something. And they normally end up being the people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's done something that's the impossible. Poor family in Austria, you know, and then ends up being the biggest of all time in bodybuilding, politics and movies. And I, and I think there's this. He's one of the pattern interrupts, so everyone in Austria now can think, oh, I can go and do big things because I'm a sports nigger, then he's inspired so many people. Yeah, but for women, I think it's, there's so much media coverage about this and how they get treated, how they're expected to stay at home, work, have no career, you know, not go out, not do things, not respected in any way. That, uh, I think that's going to be a massive change in that. I think it's, that's in the future, there will be a huge change. UK, we've got, we have got it easier. I'll tell you one of the, the hardest things for Monique to accept when she came to live here. So in South Africa, you can say white and blacks. It's normal language. Yeah. Over here, you really can't say that. You say people of colour. You can say within reason, but I suppose. It's not the same disrespect, though. No, it's, it's not disrespect, yeah. Yeah, it's just the way it is out there. It's just... The way you have the whites and you have the blacks, it all goes back to the apartheid era where yeah. blacks can go somewhere, whites can go somewhere. So when, what you don't have over there is you don't have blacks marrying whites. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So when, so, very rarely. Very rarely. Very so, rarely. So, so when she came here, it was a real shock for her to see okay, the you know, a white girl on a black man's hand and they're yeah. married, or a black man with a Burmanum accent. Or, mm. or a Chinese person holding a white girl's hand. She just, she yeah. just couldn't understand it's, that. It's just, I think, the cultures in South Africa is the way we... It's I, older I, culture. Yeah, I just feel that it was kind of like we just brought up with that's not around us. That's not what's happening around us. So we're not familiar with it. So, I mean, yeah. we watch movies and stuff like that, but then we'll still be a little bit like, oh, yeah, it's just movies. That's, that's how it was. And I think now, although I've been over here for nine years now, exactly, yeah, exactly, um, that I think it's different over there now as well. The world's adapted, to, like, I think it's different. But back then, when I was growing up, it wasn't normal. I'm not saying abnormal, but it wasn't normal for you to see that. If you did see it, you'll have people stare at it. That's yeah. how it was. Yeah. Which I find in today's time that people got freedom, of choice of anything, what religion you want to be, what color person you want to date, what 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 type of person you want to date. If you want to, like, you've got freedom to anything, and that's great, I think, because I yeah. think if you if you're brought up in a certain way, like, and you 
and you kind of like see everything else happening in the in the world you kind of like think well I've been trapped in this little box where my own little work bubble and everything else is happening around you where it's quite nice now people being openly to choose whoever they want to love and whatever they want to do I just feel like religion and color that doesn't define you I just feel that if you're a nice person and you've got a, a good heart and you want to do good things in life no matter what religion you are as long as you're not extremist in anything I think there's nothing wrong with it because you can be a Christian and be a bad person you can be a Christian and be a good person you could be any religion you could be a bad person you could be a, an atheist you can be a good or a bad person I just feel that that shouldn't define you as a person if you're a good person and whatever you do out there in the world as long as you do it for good I feel that you can be whoever you want to be and still go go ahead and change the world no, completely right. I agree. Um, I do agree that your energy speaks before you do. So I am quite spiritual and I do believe that we are just a face. And I've said this a few times on Clubhouse that this face that we have doesn't necessarily interpret who we are behind the face. So if you can get the right yeah. person with the soul and that spirit that's pure, that's a good spirit like yours, you know, and you both have met each other, then you're on a winning streak. If I said to you, do you know what an honour killing is? Would you understand what that means? I don't have a clue, but then I, I never passed any school. Yeah, there's school. something that you don't know. No, it's, it sounds very intelligent. You, you can educate no, it's, me. It's one of the things that I'm um, very much an advocate of because I survived an honour killing, and it's basically when parents kill a daughter because she shamed their honour. Now, when you said North Africa... That I, I know you that is the yeah. highest place where honor killings happen. And, um, you know, when I had my attempt, when my father tried, my brother tried to kill me, my father was an ex wrestler. He wrestled with Big Daddy in those days. And um, my brother's six foot tall. I have two brothers, but they actually broke my arm and my jaw and my hip and they stamped on me until I passed out. So it's quite a serious matter, um, which is why I'm trying to bring awareness to that mat to that point. And the whole point of me bringing the awareness of the importance of daughters, I just wanted to know what your relationships were with your daughter so that you could maybe compare or even try and understand why a parent would do that to their own child. They just, they just got raised by their, their parents. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't mind saying it because it's one of those shows, but I don't speak to my dad at all. I haven't, I, uh, my biological dad, because I just felt when he, when he raised us, he was a bit, too um aggressive i think he was just wrong and in, in the way he he was one of the main reasons i wanted to do martial arts so that i could fight back in one day my mum knew that as well and she actually bought me weight training equipment and all sorts because he was he was to me he, you know he was physically violent i just yeah. didn't want to become the man but then when i speak to some of his cousins who i stay in contact with they say that his grandfather was was crazy in that department and that's where it's come from you know and yeah, definitely the, yeah the guys were, guys were bashed about to be to be men and then we had this thing too where you have to leave home at 16 yeah. you're out the door that's the way it was and that, that was kind of that was hard to understand yeah um but to me that was normal because i always knew it was going to happen and you, and you didn't know anything I, different and that's the way it was i uh, guess yeah i spoke to my dad now for i don't know 16 17 years or so and um, I don't miss him or anything because I never had any respect for him because the way he even with my career he was around for the first bit of my career and he worked for me he, he had no faith in what I was going to do 
yeah. before it's legalized violence, martial arts. He wanted me to get a trade, be an electrician or plumber or something like that. And my mum was a lawyer, so she was about getting an academic, like be a vet or something like that, because I loved animals. Um, but he just wasn't supporting, he thought it was legalized violence. And, and as, as we grew older, I kind of gave him a chance to, to apologize to things. And he just didn't have this, um, not, not maternal for a man, is it? But he didn't have like a maternal, maternal. instinct. Yeah. So yeah, it just didn't have, didn't have a paternal instinct at all. Even when my mum passed away at breast cancer at 56, who was his wife for 32 years, and we were such super close. You think you would send me a text message or something, say you're okay, because I've still his oldest son, you know. Um, but there's just no effort made. Even last year, my grandfather, who I was very, very close to, 90, nearly 97, mm. his father, yeah, my dad's father, I was super close to him, and he he died, and I I find out by um, rumors and a Google alert because it mentions mentions my name, and I, I didn't know he was even ill. I was always wondering. We actually got to see him a few years before. Before uh, I knew, obviously, he's getting old, but there was no communication from my real dad to say, "Oh, by the way, your granddad's really ill." You know, we'll go try and go and visit him, and so on. There was nothing, you know, and, they, and we made a big effort. So, yeah, there is a lot of this old culture type stuff in, out there, but it takes people like me to go against the grain. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, though, if he did turn up, he was in trouble and needed help. I still help him. Same yeah. my brothers. I had nothing to do with my brothers either. I've got three younger brothers. Okay. And a lot of that stems down to jealousy, in my view. You can't be anything other than that. They just cannot understand why I've done so well. And they, they've done well in their own their own things and you stuff. Also, you also think it's something to do with your dad losing his job as well. Because yeah. he had to change from working to becoming a full-time dad, which I think and have oh, yeah, I, I remember. on. Yeah, so my dad worked, worked for British Rail, and okay. um, all my all my dad's side, all the men worked for British Rail, right back to great 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 grandfather. And then Margaret Thatcher, the Prime Minister of the UK, she shut the British Rail down when I was a kid. I remember really well because my mum was crying and my dad was in a hell of a state. But it turned out that my mum could earn more money by going to work in law um, as a trainee lawyer back then. And for my dad to stay home as what they call a house husband. Yeah. Well, that caused a massive... I remember my grandfather coming around and having a massive argument in the living room saying, you should provide for your wife and you should be the one sitting at home, cooking, cleaning. It was a huge row. I was up, so I'm sat on the stairs listening to it. And so that gives you a good example about the whole the culture thing. And my mum my made the right decision. She could make 35000 a year. My dad would be lucky to make twelve grand a year. He took yeah. a job as a milk milkman initially a postman that's what he did and he hated it um, but then mum realized she could go back and, and be the breadwinner for the family and then he did all the cleaning the cooking and he hated it and i think he kind of hit depression at that point and it was a nightmare to live with so come 16 i was out of there i couldn't wait yeah. to get out of there i think it's probably but, out of frustration uh, it's probably out of frustration because it's not what he wanted to do yeah and embarrassment as well he lost all his friends when he did that too because they were very tight knit working together as an engineer mm. but uh yeah it's it, it's a huge point but it needs to change going forward there's a lot going on in the world now too especially like the george floyd thing there and the black lives matter movement i think there's going to be some massive changes and i, I tell you what's interesting but clubhouse too which has been a, the last few months clubhouse has become huge that's how we met on clubhouse yeah we did and and one thing if you don't have this is quite interesting. I, I run a lot of stages, big stages, with, with a, a very successful entrepreneur, business type group. 
And we started getting attacked for not having people of different races on the stage as speakers. We didn't think anything of that. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we are, we, you know, we're, we're not like that. It even cross our mind that people would think that, but they do now. So, so that's something we have to be careful. Mm -hmm. Then we started getting attacked for not having enough women speakers, which was interesting. So um, we, we have to be very selective now that we have people from different backgrounds, race of people that have formed successful female entrepreneurs on there. So, so it's, um, yeah, it's out there. Very People are very wary of it now. I think there's going to be a lot of changes, but it still takes people like yourself to stand up to tradition and say, uh, say no, and that's not right, and the world's changed, and, and move on, you know? I mean, 2000, 2,000 years ago, they thought the world was flat. I mean, that's things change. You learn more every day as you go through, you know, and that's, that's, uh, that's an important thing. So it takes something to make a pattern intro, like you being attacked by your family, to you, that's awful. To me, that's like devastating. Yeah. I guess yeah. to your family, probably the way they were educated, Completely. tradition. Completely. Yeah. But that's why I'm yeah. about breaking the silence. And um, you know, I always describe that when my parents arrived here in 1960s, um, they brought baggage with them, but the baggage was actually their cultural beliefs and restraints. But moving on, um, have you ever seen any? Are you still in contact with that, Lena? No, no. Um, I. I have death threats all the time regarding what I'm doing and also just the fact that I'm alive is a death threat. And um, I did live through 20 years. Oh, yeah. If you ever need a bodyguard, I'll have a good one. <laughs> I need a bodyguard. I've got two I've got two strapping sons now and my daughter as well who's oh, sick. Well. So sorry? Well, sorry to hear that. I don't sorry to hear it's as bad as that. Dear yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, since I've been speaking out, I've had a couple of death threats from them and another member of the community to say that these sort of things are kept within closed doors as you can imagine and I'm sure that like Monique was saying um, you live in a bubble so you only know what you're told but being born and bred in Britain and the area I lived in was predominantly white I could start to see differences between what was right and wrong and I couldn't stop anything to do with myself I really want to help others that are in that situation so yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about the culture, um, the mindset um, that both of you are agreeing on. Just moving on, um, nothing, I don't want to talk about Michael Jackson, as I said, at this moment in time, but did, have either of you ever seen um, anything that's an injustice that you both witnessed that you really remember, but you were unable to do anything about? In Gunpoint, I think, 2011, I was literally pulled out of my car um, in South Africa with my mum. Uh, they basically pulled my mum out first with a gun against her head and I thought, oh, maybe they didn't see me in the car back because yeah. we just drove into our garage. And uh, yeah, they pulled me out and dragged me around the house. And yeah, it, it was a horrendous experience uh, where literally I had to see my mum crying, laying on the floor on her belly. And they're telling us to lay down and uh, they didn't wear any like face covering or nothing mm -hmm. and no gloves or nothing. So I thought, well, you know what, that's it now because we saw them. They're not going to let us, uh, you know, we're not going to live anymore because they're going to kill us because we know how they look. And mm. no, they did it, to be honest. Uh, it, yeah, I, I, I can tell a whole different story, but I would one day have the conversation with you about everything else, uh, what yeah. I've experienced. What, did they want to take something? Were they after, were they trying to steal from you or? Basically, they stole 
everything, even our kettles. We had a bare house, basically, just our clothes there and a the sofa. That was that was all, all they left. All my music stuff, everything we've been working out for years, taken yeah. all of it. The thing is, my car was, uh, I, I was sponsored by uh, Volkswagen, uh, Volkswagen, that's how you said, because we said Volkswagen and Afrikaans. I've only been speaking English like for nine that, years. Yeah. Um, and I've only been speaking English for nine years, so I, I'm still learning how to say certain things. But um, uh, when my, my car was wrapped in um, a picture of me, uh, Monique oh, Fox was my stage name in uh, South Africa, so I was sponsored. So I had to have all the stickers on the car saying that they're sponsoring me and things like that. So we drove from the bank. My my dad had his a bonus paid out. I think it was over thirty thousand rand or something like that. And that was quite a lot of money for them to 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 get out. And we got it out from the bank. And the lady at the bank just acted very strange. She just went away, and another person came to serve us. And as soon as we left the bank, drove home, which is not far from the bank. Um, we we got in there, and they just were waiting for us and took everything. Yeah. You must have been extremely scared. I mean, I can't even imagine it. I was. I was. I mean, for for days afterwards, we used to sleep in just my mum and dad's room. They used to make a bed for me on the floor. And we had like this old uh, school table thing where we just placed against the door. So that's how we slept for probably four months because we were how, scared. How old were you, Monique? How old were you? I was 17 just before wow. I turned it. That's really but normally you have like 17th person, then you're 18. Well, then. yeah, yeah, but I, I think, yeah, it was uh, 2011, I was, no, I was 18, because I met you just before I was 19, so I was, I would say I was 18, yeah. Okay, that's, that's, yeah. that's super young, that's a horrible experience, and I won't wish it upon anyone. Did you want to add to that, Matt? Yeah, I've seen it all, meetups. obviously I've seen it at the highest level. I've seen where success breeds jealousy, and that turns to hate. You know, and um, I've had people jump jump the grounds to the house, not this particular other house I had before, and um, yeah, just jealousy from uh, the police where they would give me a hard time just because I was well known and successful because of the people I mixed with. That was I used to find out a bit like um, the town I lived in. One of my best friends is Yuri Geller, and. Mm. And he's very spiritual, he's very positive, and he's him. a great guy. Yeah, he's also he'd be a good guy for this show, actually. Yeah. And um, he used to tell, I used to look understand it because I was 20 years old, doing so well, yeah. and I gave back so much to the local town. And I can understand why everyone would be so, like, gossiping about you and hate you so much. And he used to say, you can't be a prophet in your hometown. And uh, where you live, you'll never get the respect. And it's very true to this day. I mean, mm. if... Uh, if I go back there, which is a bit different now because it's been a while, but if I stayed there, if I go to wherever schools around the UK, it's a massive first. Where I live, it's just normal life. There's a guy who's, uh, um, who, who's been successful in the martial arts and is hanging around with these superstars and so on. But I've seen like domestic violence. Obviously, when I got thousands of students, you hear absolutely everything. Yeah. And a lot of it does come down, and I do moan about this a lot to my wife, but it's very hard to be spoken about, outspoken about, so especially if you're in the public eye, because you can't win. But a lot of it comes down to religious beliefs and cultural beliefs. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate. But I, I see that changing quite a lot at the moment in year two. I see a lot of, um, like I was brought to a very strict Roman Catholic, and back then the churches were full. When you go to Mass, the churches were really full up. 
Yeah. And if you go to churches now, I mean, it's direct. Well, you can't go anywhere now, but before the pandemic, we went to a church for a christening and it was just empty because they had the mass on beforehand. And I think through the pandemic too, people started to really question things, you know, mm. if there's somebody from above, why the heck has there been millions of people die of this disease? Of if someone can change water to wine and walk on water, why on earth can't they stop a tsunami? or planes for hours and hours notice hitting the Twin Tower, or stop a pandemic that's killing millions of people around the world and making people suffer economically too. And, and I do know a lot of people religion religious side who've turned their back on it now, saying there's no way we can believe in this, Matt, anymore. Um, I just like, and they want to vent off to me. I stay quite neutral with the whole situation, but they, 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 they just can't understand what they've believed in, what they've been taught at school, what they studied, and then they're expecting something to happen. They stay prayer, 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 pray, or pray all the time. And and then still, still, there's you know hundreds of thousands of people dying every day of COVID, coronavirus, and other diseases too, like cancer and stuff like that. So I see, I see that an awful lot. And the cultural stuff, like you, you, I've never heard that name for it anymore. Um, the um, but I've heard of yeah, women getting a beating from their husbands. Yeah, and we have groups who come to us to teach those groups self-defense because they're put in special housing sectors so that they're kept safe and secret away from these people who are trying to hurt them and sometimes we go in our instructors do we teach them self-defense movements and how to protect themselves how best safety tips they can have so but a lot of that comes back to cultural and religious beliefs as well that are thousands and thousands of year old yeah and i think I things have got to develop as we get more and more intelligent things should develop in time so, you know, years, I always say to someone who's extremely religious, no disrespect to them, but if you've got stomach pains and you're in agony, do you want me to drive you fast as I can to a local church so you can pray? Mm. Or do you want to go to hospital? Straight away, they say they want to go to an hospital. Mm. But it doesn't work both ways. You either believe in one or the other. You either believe in science or you believe that everything happens for a reason and it serves us and you pray and it happens. You can't have both, you know, it doesn't work like that. Mm. It, it conflicts against each other. So, um, I, yeah, a lot, a lot of the problems I've seen has been from cultural side. But then again, a lot of good's come from that too, because if I wasn't given a hard time by my father then, and the bully at school and so on, then I would not have gone on to do what I've done and, and take the lead of all there. My mum was one of 14. So she, because of the Roman Catholic side, they don't believe in contraception. Yeah. My grandma, I think she had 21 children in total. Um, 14 survived. And she was a wonderful lady. But on my grandfather's funeral, she was so religious, she had to comfort me. She, she didn't even shed a tear because she was, to her, he was going to a better place. That's exactly what she, and then she, she just gave up in the end on being without him. And she died about two years later, if I remember rightly. And um, so being one of 14, they they're, they're brought up also that if, unless you're a practicing Catholic, the women couldn't marry the man unless he was practicing Catholic. So that was a massive rift between my my dad's parents, uh, my grandparents on that side, and my mum's parents, my other grandparents. So they were fighting all the time because my dad was baptised a Roman Catholic, but he wasn't practicing. Right. So my grandfather didn't want them marrying unless unless he sorted himself out. So yeah. that, in, he, in the end, my mum ended up moving in with my, with my um, dad's parents to get away from the family so that and it, it worked out fine eventually I and mean, they got married in the catholic church and 
my grandfather turned up and stuff. I, I heard I learned, heard some horror stories from back then. Mm. But like with anything, he chilled out over time. He, he really did. He, he as he got older, he chilled out, and he only did what his dad taught him and his granddad taught him and stuff as well. Yeah. So he just. Now before meals, when every night we used to have to say something called the, the rosary. Many don't know what it is, but it's a very long prayer, mm. and it can be quite intimidating when you're a child when you when you're doing this, and you get taught by nuns at school with a full outfit, you know, the, the oh. old nun gowns on and stuff. And school school's a scary place when you go to a school like that. I can tell you, it was. And the confession box, you have to go in there once a week. Oh, really? And yeah, and yeah, you had this priest behind this black curtain. You, you shut this tiny room, and, and each one of us at school used to go there once a week on a Wednesday. And most of the, and you had to confess something. Most of the time, you used to have to make it up because. What's that say? What if you, you had nothing to tell them? Nothing to tell them, then you get in trouble at school. Then you'll get oh. told off by your parents. So it, it was just a bit too much. So I, I am I'm very very neutral with the whole. Um, with the whole religion thing. And oddly enough, with any PR people, if you go on a big TV show, they will say to you, you cannot refer, you can't talk about uh, a certain religion. It may change now, actually, or race or politics, um, because they're all taboo subjects and you're, yeah. you're gonna be attacked. I mean, you know, you know, especially with social media. So um, yeah, it, it's, I learned that from my, my celebrity friends too. They're like, whatever you do, don't talk about these three things. And they're probably the most three things that need to be talked about. I think this I'd is the like problem. To say they're the three things I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the issue, I think. But that's yeah. going to change. You're going to see channels that you see what's going on with the George Floyd thing, live coverage. That would never have happened 15 years ago. Well, they would never have done a race. Talk about it, you know. Someone has to break the silence, someone has to talk about it. So um it's a, it's massive in America as well. I won't talk about Michael too much, but even with his brothers, yeah. and you can see his brothers are from a, you know, a, a black African background, okay? And when you're out with his brothers, like Tito or Jermaine, they get, you get the racist remarks. In 2007, I was out with them, and I was shocked by it. I could not believe it, that they were like, you know, saying the N-word and, and to them, and they would just shake it off and say, this is what it's like, Matt. This is what it's mm -hmm. like, unfortunately, you know? And then, so even with the Jacksons, they go at the highest level. So you can imagine when you've got the superstar one, how attacks and what racism was against him was it was insane. So it's yeah, wherever you wherever you go, you, you see all these horror stories. But it's it's the world will change in time, I think, and things will be talked about. There'll be science breakthroughs. They've got answers to things now that they never had, even even fifty years ago. They got answers. They can explain pretty much every part of. Um, of, of like religion and Bibles and how it came about. And I think what was confusing to me is how many different types of Bibles there was as well. I went to buy my wife a Bible once when, when she first came here and the lady in the Christian shop said, what type of Christian is she? Yeah. And there was like 60, 70 different versions, different versions of the Bible. And, and in the end, it was my turn. And in the end, um, <laughs> in the end, you're just so confused by it. And then you've got the Catholic one where you've got the Virgin Mary in it. You get in the, Christian one, this specific one, the one where Monique studied, King James. King James, there is no, Mary's no significance, yeah, in the in Roman Catholic, she's everywhere, got statues, everything, she's a massive part of it, mm -hmm. so it was deeply confusing, but then that's just the way I was brought up in one little sex up, yeah, so cool. now with the internet and all this information we've got, and presenters like Piers Morgan who like to challenge things and things yeah. and are outspoken, I, I think it's, uh, and podcasts like this is great because 
that there's going to be there's no way they can restrict or regulate you for some time going and it's going to be talked about and then it might just take one good woman who's listened to this just to think i'll just look out on google and explore this subject yeah and then oh they might save them from a situation you know because it's not right to beat women i mean that's just ridiculous no that's my, um, that's my objective to try to spread awareness and just to um allow people to understand there's a different view to things and there's things happening right on their doorsteps every day and i keep saying it's like it, a good movie good movie to watch me is yeah. for the listeners is east is east oh i've seen it i saw it and it and it really yeah. upset me i was that two minutes i just want to check on me she's two years old and i can hear oh no no that's fine no well while, while monique's gone um let me ask you a question um if you could have one wish what would it be if you could change something, well, or if you could just have one wish. Uh, if I could change to go one wish. Yeah, me, that is a good question, that one. I reckon I could do this. I do, uh, can I have two answers, all right? <laughs> I, do this, I do the selfish one, which is, okay. um, which I wish she had a cure for cancer, because then my mum would still be here, because she died, we lost her at 56. That was terrible, awful tragedy. And the other one would be for everyone to be equal on the planet where we have an understanding where exactly where the planet came from where we came from that we all work together instead of fighting it together my my granddad was always always the one pointing out say all the time my dad's father that most wars are caused by religious disbeliefs you know and it's such a shame that there isn't an understanding but one understanding that it can't it can't just be just one world where everybody, I know this is crazy for anyone to, to think this could happen right now, but it was crazy thinking people could have mobile phones and fly to the moon and stuff, it's, you know, that, in our lifetime. So I think um, if everyone could believe the same way, it'd be nice. Maybe it takes a president of the United States to talk out and be honest about subjects that are really controversial, like the racism thing. That's kind of been dodged by big government officials, they, they seem like they support it, but they could do an awful lot more with schools and things and stamp out on it and so on. But yeah, I think there needs to be more of an education at school on, um, on, on culture backgrounds, uh, religion, and definitely money as well, because that's not taught at school as well, which is deeply, utterly bizarre. But yeah, nice, be great if we could have like an equal world where everyone believed the same thing. And, and also the science, and actually came out there do you know what Lena? i think even if they did prove or well, they may already know we don't know what the scientists know yeah. if they did if they did prove the reason why we're here and how we got here hmm. that's going to be a big problem that's going to be a, a massive issue and there'll be um there'll be a, be a massive disruption to to people's thinking patterns and a lot of disbelief and so on yeah. A lot of people won't want to know because it's easy not to know a lot of the time. Can I ask the same question to Monique? Monique, I was just asking if you had one wish, what, what it would be, if you could change things or just a wish. Everybody gets along, I guess. Yeah. No, no hate, hate in this world, I guess. I'd love that. Yeah. I do feel that with one act of kindness, though, you start a domino effect like a snowball effect and with awareness if you even touch one person again it starts a domino effect and somebody else will talk about it and then somebody else will talk about it and eventually 
maybe not in my lifetime, but maybe in several lifetimes later, yeah. there'll be more people acting in that way. But it's really nice to know that you both thought the same thing. And then another thing I want to ask you both now that you both here is um Honestly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's nice. Right. Both working on the same frequency, which is amazing. Um, one of the most common questions I get asked is, you know, I can't find anybody to love me. Every time I try and find a partner, there's always something wrong, or they don't want the same things as me. I'm never going to be with someone. What would you say to those sort of questions or those sort of concerns that people have? I feel that <laughs> I feel that you if a person's looking out for a certain type, a certain look, that's the complete wrong foundation thing they're looking for. Foundation is the most important thing. And if foundation is right, I feel that if you need to look for somebody that you can share everything with, not just your desires in life, your what you need is a, like your best friend. I feel that you need to look out for the person to be, needs to be your best friend. You can share everything with that person. Um, that person can be there for you in any situation that you, you get yourself in. I feel that if I look back when I met my, I, I, I wasn't seeking to meet somebody just yet to get married. Although a year before I met Matt, um, uh, to, trying to quickly sum this up. I wrote a letter after being gumbled, I wrote a letter in my, in my Bible. That's what I do, I write letters and I place it in my Bible. That's why I used to do so. Everything in my life, has it, whatever I wrote in my letter, which is really weird, uh, not weird, amazing, amazing. That's amazing. Nice word. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would say, like Matt believes is law of attraction. Uh, of course, the way I've been raised, I, I, I have faith and it will always stick with me, but, um, I kind of wrote down to be signed when I was 16. I got signed when I was 16 years old. My next letter was to do with um, meeting a man one day that could respect me and be there for me. And um, I, in brackets, I said, gift from God. And his name is Matthew, which his mum said to me, it means gift from God. So for me, that's incredible. So I feel that at the time when I met Matt, I wasn't seeking for a man yet because I was kind of like getting into the peak of my 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 um, music career in South Africa I was getting to be known um I was doing music and um that was my main I was a very selfish on a way of relationship wise I was thinking only about my yeah. my music although I was a very family person I wasn't looking for because I knew if I'm going to find somebody they're going to want something more from me that I can't give and I just felt that if, I'm not going to Although I believed I was going to find the right person, I wasn't feeling that that was going to happen anytime soon. So I kind of like when I met him, I I liked him, but I didn't think that exactly who he was and who, the, the, his look and everything like that. You're, you're incredibly gorgeous, don't <laughs> get me wrong. But he's very different looking than what I pictured probably my man would look like one day. Uh, I, you're way gorgeous, more gorgeous, just so I clarify that. Keep going. Um, <laughs> but I feel that if I didn't take that jump of saying, all right, I'm going to try and see if this is going to work out. Yes, I have had boyfriends before, but because I didn't give them more of what they wanted, it didn't work out. Yeah. And I think that looking back at the, the boyfriends that I had, although it was just three, um, that their look was completely different than him. That, that was kind of my look, that, that was what I wanted, that was the personality and things like that. But then I was thinking, if I 
went by that again and I didn't give him a chance because he wasn't completely what I pictured myself because he's older than me. Of course, I liked older because I get along with uh, older um, people. Older, actually, not that you're old. I'm getting myself here in a little situation yet. Yeah? Just to <laughs> clarify that you're old. Okay, it's my turn. Age difference. I, I look completely different than his ex-girlfriends completely. But I just feel that I think girls get a wrong perception when they when they try to focus on this picture of this person that they want to be with. I mm. feel that they that you shouldn't do that. You should meet somebody, and when you do meet that person, and you feel that you get on with them, and you can be best friends with that person, give it a go. You never know what will happen. Don't go and look for something out there. Let it naturally happen. And if it does, take the jump, take the chance. I and maybe yeah. focus on the right, like, um, right, uh, what's the word? Um, well, I forgot the question now. No, <laughs> no um, you focus on the right aspects of what you want in a relationship rather than what you, you think you desire at the moment. You need to think of a bigger picture of what you is this the person you can live your life with and yeah just take the chance don't don't hesitate when you feel that there might be a chance of liking this person more than a friend don't hesitate and rather say no i'm going to look for the person i thought that i wanted to be with yeah, yeah sorry can you ask me the question again <laughs> i knew he was going to say that so okay, you, know, you know the you know the question. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's very simple, really. Is that we have a saying in in um, if you want to be a good instructor, when you're ready, the students will appear. So when you're ready as a person, then the person will appear. You got to start it starts with you first. You got to know yourself, love yourself first, and have, and have your own act together. And then the person will appear. Don't go on Tinder and all these websites. You're just going to attract trouble and get yourself in some right situations. And the whole sex before marriage thing, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I can't. It works for, it worked for us. Yeah. Um, but it's true to say, too, that I've had, we've had a lot of conflicting matters with our parents over cultural differences where we've had some very, very strong agreements. You know, like um, if you, you know, we, we were, I worked so hard to get to where I am. and if my wife makes a meal for them and they want to thank an upper source that can't be proven for producing that meal, that offends me because I think, hang on a minute, I'm not thanking so-and-so from do doing this because I, I don't want to work hard to put this food on this table and have this house, you know? I remember one of our first babies being born and her mum said, isn't, isn't um, God good? And I think it's just got nothing to do with, it's got the fact that I had sex with your daughter. But you know, just stay together though that's the that's, thing it's, so we've had no we've had some serious ding-dongs with our, our <laughs> mum and dad over beliefs where i'm thinking come on wake up it's not 500 years ago I this think, happened because this happened this happened because this happened i shouldn't have to be telling you this stuff. But then again, that's that's, the, that's, good, isn't it? that's just the way they are and i think you have to accept people yeah. who they are the main thing is your well, what we do now is we don't we don't, we don't talk about it yeah, I did like last year. I got quite hard on them because they were putting out very strong religious messages. As we were seeing, those images in Brazil of all the graves being dug up for oh, thousands yeah. of people, yeah. and you you just cannot explain that. You cannot give anyone praise or hope when no one's turning up to help out for that situation. I got quite hard on them. They respected that. Took all those images down, and they've but not what, placed anything up. No, not placed anything. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, but and then um. 
they, they respect him as a person so much that they are willing to step back and being publicly open about whatever they believe in how they are and like I a lot of things that I was brought up with with to do with religion a lot of things I don't agree with which mm. is fine but a lot of things that I still I don't have answers for but because I feel that I'd like to hold on to something that like I feel that I was protected in certain circumstances circumstances in my life that I can't just stop that because things is happening in the world because pandemics has been happening for years and years and years uh, a lot of things has happened in the world and I just feel that it's not making me a bad person the way what I I believe in what but I don't believe in extreme or nothing so for him he the way he's been brought up and the way I've been brought up I mean there's a lot of things that that that's completely different like I said it's two worlds placed yeah. together but we communicate about things that we disagree on and we communicate about things that we agree on and I think that that's very important because if if the one person is just going to keep on saying things and the other person leave quiet it's just this is just going to be one day and it's going to explode so it's good to communicate about things and stuff but there's no way in any relationship that every single person is going to agree on 100 on on everything and i think that that's the beautiful thing about a relationship because yeah. you need to have things that you don't disagree agree on because otherwise it's going to be boring and it's going to be all the same and it's going to be kind of like you're one person but then you're living as one person you're not two person people living 100 together if that makes sense um, yeah, you're being very realistic, money. You're being completely, and you're being very, very authentic in saying that that no one's perfect, and does the real is there anybody that is perfect? But you're both taking one another as they are, and I and I love that. And there's no reason for you to have to give up who you are or your religious beliefs. No one should force that upon you. I understand where Matt's coming from, but I understand where you're coming from as well because that's what you know, and you have your faith. It means a lot to you, but Matt's also looking at it from a different perspective, which I totally get. But moving on. To everybody's got it's, um, everybody's got I think the problem you've got out there is that the country is stuck in this little bubble. It's the trouble. And the news that we have here, yeah. you don't get that broadcast over there. You get what they want you to see over there. Mm. So they, they haven't got the education that, that they have in first world countries about things. Mm. So when you do when you do point out about like evolution, I'm not saying religion is not, not religion is not real. No, it's got the reality. I ain't, I, I, I ain't got a clue. But I do believe that um like Yuri Geller say, there's only 10% of your brain is used. And there is a thing called law of attraction, and the big books wrote about it, like the secret and stuff, which mm. is kind of like this sort of thing, whatever you manifest can happen, law you know. Of and um the law of attraction. So that, that that could explain a lot of different things. But I do think that a lot of the, a lot of the countries, especially for your background too, same with India and Pakistan and South Africa and Brazil. I mean, South Africa and Brazil are the most religious countries in the world. Yeah, yeah. The incredible thing is that they're the most poverty-stricken, mm. and that, that's those two don't go together with me. I don't. They must yeah. understand how they could be have so much faith in a higher source looking after them, yeah. yet they can't even afford to feed their kids to get medical help. And they're the ones suffering the most in the pandemic. Yeah, no, this wasn't a question actually that I was going to ask, but Matt's got me, he's pushing my buttons now. Can I ask Monique, um, do in the churches in South Africa, do they ask for donations and do families donate quite a lot of their money to them? 
They do. To be honest with you, growing up, my parents didn't really make us go to church as much because we always had a saying about if you want to live your life right, you need to live it every day. So your home is the, the house of like God is everywhere you are. So if you, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven one day, basically, you need to live your life every day, not just a Sunday. You shouldn't be just a great, good person on the Sunday. So when we used to go to church like now and then, it'll be kind of like at the end of the service, they always have like a person going around with a little thing and collecting money. Yeah. yeah so well, that's just what I need for you, right? The, the biggest lamp. So if you want to get rich, it's very well known. Property is the biggest. If you look at the rich list, the property guys are the ones who are rich, right? The biggest property owner in the world is the Catholic church. They are worth billions. Yeah. The second is McDonald's. They're in the properties. Mm. And it, the, the land that the churches have is, is insane. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah, I was brought up on collections all the time. And, yeah. and people putting 10, 10 pound notes in, which back then was probably 30, 40 pounds. No, I was about to say, I just, I just feel it's sad that, that people are, they feel they have to donate when they don't have money themselves oh, to put yeah. food on the table. And that's the bit I'm against with religion, that they ex have expectations upon people yes. that go there to pray that I feel that a church shouldn't put that imposition upon you um because we're coming to an end just to quickly three quick fire questions uh, I just want you to say three things about one another that you like the most and then I just wanted to hear your quote that and why it means what it means to you well, so you go first Matt you go first <laughs> um I would say this yes, cheeky yes. smile is kind heart and his gentleness he's my gentle giant Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> well, I can say, like, the list goes on, darling. I tell you every day. Like anyway. three. It's the first three that came in my mind, Matt. <laughs> hey, a six-foot height. <laughs> a big cleavage. No, she's fine. <laughs> 25 foot. Um, I guess that... Uh, well, it'll be three things. Can one of those things be have another ten? On each one. <laughs> but for every one, I get another ten. I can't really sum her up in three questions because she's just my world, basically. So that's pretty much it. But now she's perfect for me. She's my wifey, great mother to me, children, all of my children. And um, yeah, and yeah, I couldn't do it in three. three. I need, I'd need at least like 3,063. I'll, I'll, I'll take the answer. I have to say, Monique, right. the way Matt speaks about you, I feel I know you really well because one of the things mm -hmm. is I don't just listen, listen. I really, really hear when people talk and... He always has the nicest things to say about you. He's so proud of you. And he's always making comparisons about what my missus says. And I, and I just love that, you know, and, and I, I wish you both so, so much. So lots and lots of years together. And um, I hope people take away from this that real love exists. I was that little girl stuck in the room reading the fairy tales, you know, and, and you guys make me feel that fairy tales really are real. So thank you. Um, I asked you to come with a quote just to end the room, um, just to end the room, we're not on Clubhouse, just to end my podcast. Um, and I just wanted to ask you what the quote was and what it means to you. Um, I would say for me, as I've always said that, go out, shine your light, don't blend in, you're made to stand out. Sky's yeah. your limit, basically. That's not really a quote. That's a long sentence. What's mine? Mine would be, be believe it. It's an original from Monique. <laughs> as a paragraph. Dream it, believe it, achieve it. Oh, that's lovely. That's really cool. I love that. Is that how I you would sum, that. Is that how you would sum up 
things that you, the way you've seen? Yeah, yes, ever since I was like 13, that used to be on our dojo wall. And it used to be on, on my school books, dream it, believe it, achieve it. Oh, that, was the, that was the thing we used to go for. But go back to the relationship thing. When the person's ready, the person will show up. You can't, so I was married for 10 years and dating all these girls, celebrity girls, so I thought it could relate to me, me in a way and, and understand me. But when I wasn't expecting it, when I was ready in the right place, and then I met Monique, and that was fine. I wasn't looking for her, it just, just happened. And I think there is a certain amount of the law of the universe and attraction that can that bring that to people. So personal show up when you're, when you're ready. I mean, it wasn't easy, right? You had a phone call with your mum as well, and you said this girl, She's like literally just told me that. Yeah, I'd sum this up. If this is a, so after a few weeks, I was at a hotel. It's a long story. So I'll tell you in my podcast interview. And her mum said she's going to stay at our house now for a bit. So we got engaged in two weeks. And mm -hmm. um, I went, to, yeah, I went to stay at her house. I thought, yay, I'm going to get some about time. It's been two weeks, you know. That's bad going normally from the glamour girls that I've had and stuff. Normally it's the first night and stuff in that. Let me just have a second. No, I understand. Anyway, my mum said to him, you can come in to Monique's room, you can sleep there for the night because we're going to get the guest room ready for him, right? This yeah. is me and my mum planned to do that so he can sleep in my room because we were busy setting up a bed in their room next to their bed so I can sleep in their room, basically. Weird. Of course, him thinking <laughs> I was going to be in a room with him. So yeah, her mum said to me, I think it's time you slept him in each room. So, yes, fantastic, about time. <laughs> and then um, I get him in each room, she comes to kiss me, so where are you going? She goes, I've got to put me up bed in my mum and dad's room. I was like, what the heck, the door shut. I was 32 years old and I thought, this is nuts. So I rang up my mum, I said, this is crazy, it's been two weeks. I'm in the super spare room in each bed. She's sleeping in the room with her parents. My mum said, oh, that's the way it should be done, my son. You've got to stick it out and it'll be okay. The thing is, what I just want to add is, I'm not saying girls should not have sex before marriage. I'm not saying that. I say that you should make sure that the foundation of your relationship is first about... Don't you laugh. Sorry, I made that from the wedding night, didn't I? All right, that's not too, much, too much information. He, he cut my wedding dress with a freaking a knife because he couldn't get it oh. off. Just All, right. All right, anyway. Not there's, to no there's no scissors. Details. <laughs> But I would say is the parents that parents welded it together. Uh, I, I would say that relationship needs to be focused on the right aspect. I mean, sexual health is really important for any relationship. I'm not saying please do not take that as, as that's not important because it is important, but on the right time. And if you're 100% sure that's the person for you, or, or if you're happy at that time with that person and your yeah. relationship. Well, I'm very much about integrity and old fashioned values, if I'm being honest, because I feel it's a union of energy. And that it doesn't mean anything when it's been diluted, and if everyone's doing it, then it doesn't mean there anything. There's a lot of energy in our wedding, like make up for I'm so sorry, I pushed Jessica. Oh, yes. But I just feel that girls in today's age, sex is just a normal thing for them. That's just like going uh, yeah. to get dressed in the morning or something. It doesn't mean anything. And I just feel that it's such a beautiful thing. Like, if you, I mean, I don't know how it is to have sex with another person, and I don't have the desire to. But I just feel that if you have the relationship right, the friendship right, that everything else is just an amazing benefit and bonus. And you've yeah. got things to look forward to. Because if you're going to give that straight away in that relationship, then if the foundation is not right about friendship, then if that, 
the, the bonus thingy that's happening, if that's not there anymore, right there, the second, mm-hmm. you're going to just give up on the relationship where it it's shouldn't worked. be just It's worked it. for you both. And, you know, it's you're a prime example for anybody else watching this that don't go searching for things. And I don't... We, we even have to have sex before marriage in your culture. Is it against... You just have one man, I take in your culture too, right? We're, we're not so allowed... To, no, we're not allowed to have sex in our culture with anybody, but my story's completely screwed up. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just... I'll cue that for another okay. day. But um, no, no, we're You're not... You're interviewing me, actually. I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> You're interviewing me. <laughs> so anyway, we'll leave it yeah. on the fact that... Wait don't rush into anything and the right person will come to you at the right time thank you so much both for allowing me to interview you and <laughs> we'll call it a day but thank you so much thank you thank you Bye.